Welcome to That Super Fan Talk Podcast, only on the Infinite Potato Alliance. Hey everybody, welcome into the show. I just wanted to take a minute here at the beginning to, first of all, thank you all for listening to the podcast and for listening to all of the other shows on the network. If this is the first time that you've joined us, then welcome. The emergency exits are marked and your seat can double as a flotation device. The audio quality on this episode is less than what I usually like to put out. And there's a reason for it. I had to record my end of the conversation with my phone instead of my mic. I've started working a part-time job on the weekends, and it's a security guard job, so it's a lot of sitting and watching and things like that. I do have time to record a episode here and there, but my setup with internet and things like that is not the same as what I have at home. So the idea was that we were going to do a Skype call and everybody was going to record their audio separately. But sometimes things don't work out the way that you plan and we ended up having to just record the Skype call on Skype, which meant that it was going to record me on my phone. So that's why my audio is a little bit less than what I I, I really like to put out for you guys because... I always try to make the best quality that I possibly can. You guys deserve to hear the best effort that I've got to give you. And uh, I just I just wanted to let you know ahead of time that there is a little bit of an issue here. But I don't think that it's bad enough to scrap the episode because we had a really good conversation. We talked about a lot of the movies that are coming up. We talked about some of the film trailers that we've seen recently. We've talked about some movies that we've watched recently. And uh, we talked a lot about Nickelodeon and like the early days of Nickelodeon. And it was a it was a fun conversation. So I uh, hope you enjoy it. And speaking of microphones, if you'd like to help us get the best ones that we possibly can, consider donating to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash infinite potato. You can donate anything you want. A donation of at least $3 a month will get you early access to some of the episodes uh, you'll get special patrons-only episodes that we record every month, and uh, and it's it's just a fun time, and it's just a couple of dollars a month, and we really appreciate uh, your help keeping the lights on. So, okay, that's enough talking for now. I'm gonna crank up the theme music and get the show started. Here we go. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is That Super Fan Talk Podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. I like those odds. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches away from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. It's Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. 
Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame, and I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of that Super Fan Talk podcast, the show that is kind of like a bunch of other shows on the internet, except that we have a Florida man. My name, my name is Sean Ray, and I am your master of ceremonies. With me tonight in the historic Infinite Potato Studios, we have Rick. How's it going, sir? I am a bag of mostly water. <laughs> and we also have Jen. How are you? I am also a bag of mostly water, but I have boobs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have boobs. I mean... <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but (laughs) I did it for you. (laughs) I I didn't have them before the quarantine. How about that? (laughs) Oh, too much. All right. All right. So before we like dive into the show tonight, uh, we're going to play a game that is it's it's a new game for us. It's been played on other shows before, I'm sure. But the name of the game is Describe a Movie Badly. Oh, so gosh. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you guys the plot of a movie, and it's going to be a terrible description of the film. And you have to guess what the movie is. For instance, and this is kind of an easy one. If I said a billionaire devotes his life to cosplay and beating up the mentally ill. <laughs> That's Batman. <laughs> you would say Batman. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I have 10 of these, so I'm going to assign Okay. And uh, if there's a tie, there's a tie. That's just, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing a tiebreaker. <laughs> okay. So, Jen, you'll go first. Oh, boy. Okay. An American invades a foreign land, kills the leadership, and then has trouble devising an exit strategy. Oh, that's so many films. Um, <laughs> see, uh, uh, more seconds. I, I, that's too many films for me to answer. So, go Rick, ahead. Rick, you want to try? Hot Shots? No, it's The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, All so right, it's Rick, that this one, bad. This okay. Yeah. <laughs> this one is yours, Rick. Okay. All right. A guy's older brother won't let him borrow his tools. <laughs> uh, oh. Guy's older brother won't let him borrow his tools? Big Hero 6? No. Jen, you want to try? Nope. <laughs> it's Thor. <laughs> That's really Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, Jen, this one's yours. Okay. A neglected, a neglected sociopath tries to murder two vagrants. Again, that's so many films. Um, <laughs> uh, I, these are so bad, I don't know. I, I give up. What? <laughs> Rick, you want to try? Say it again. A neglected sociopath tries to murder two vagrants. Um, I have no idea. Okay. It's Home Alone. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I, okay, I get it now, yeah. All right, Rick, this one's yours. Oh, goody. <laughs> a girl leaves home and becomes voluntarily disabled in order to please a man she's never met. Oh, that's The Little Mermaid. It is The Little Mermaid. We got one. movie Yay. so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen, uh, mm-hmm. 
a small town doctor th- brings three people closer together. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> And that is so wrong. <laughs> I am bad at this game. I have no idea. You are right, glad you have no idea. It's the it's the human centipede. It is the human oh, centipede. Oh, and I've actually seen that movie. Oh <laughs> man. Okay. All right, Rick. This one's yours. Okay. <laughs> a girl ruins her younger sister's chance to appear on a reality show. Um Nope. No idea. Jen? Mm-mm. It's the Hunger Games. Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, I was like, that's got to be a movie I've never seen, but no, I saw the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen, this one's yours. A group of people spend a very long time trying to return some jewelry. To return some jewelry? Oh, I know. Um... Uh... Ocean's Eleven, probably not that though. <laughs> no, Rick. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yes. Oh, okay. All right, uh, Rick. This one's yours. Okay. Two elderly men get into a fight because one of them has a bad memory. Um. Well, my initial when you said two elderly men, I figured it was the X Men, but uh, bad memory doesn't really follow on that. Um. Um, nope. If it's not X-Men, I don't know. Jen? No idea. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Jen? I I just want to say, at this moment right now, I should get points for not dropping a few (laughs) (laughs) F-bombs. Same here. All right. Um, Dad has to go pick up his daughter. Again, that is so many films. Um, That's why it's called Describe This Movie Badly. (laughs) (laughs) Where's John Irons when we need him? Last Action Hero. I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) No. Rick? Dad has to go pick up his daughter? Mm Mm-hmm. Taken? It is Taken. Oh! All right, and this is the last one. Okay. Bad description is. Wait, who's the, who's this? This, this is for Jen. Okay. Um, wh- which one was? No, or was that last one for Jen? That last one was Jen's. Oh, okay. okay. So Go this ahead. one, this one Go is ahead. Rick's. Okay. okay. Um, I'm not supposed to talk about it. Fight Club. Fight Club. That is correct. Uh, Rick yeah. wins with five Rick points. Rick wins by a landslide because I have no idea how to. Oh, okay. I feel All so right. accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm calling this a news and reviews episode, but to tell you the truth, there's not a ton of news. Um, I looked at the movie news, and most of it is like rumors and speculation. So, uh, Jen, you had you had some news. Oh, yeah, it's very sad news, unfortunately. For uh, those who have seen Harry Potter, uh, you'll recognize this actress. Uh, Very Sadly, she was only in three of the films. But the actress, uh, Helen McCrory, who played Nerissa Malfoy, I believe that was her character's name. She was Draco's mom. She was in three of the films. She was in five, six, and seven. 
I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, she played his mom. Anyway, uh, she unfortunately passed away uh, of cancer. She was only 52. Uh, most people like me know, <laughs> know her from Penny Dreadful, uh, Peaky Blinders, and she's been in a lot of, of films. But uh, most of her accomplishments are in stage production in London and New York. She did a lot of plays. Uh, but, yeah, she was only 52. She kept it very private that she had cancer. Um, and she passed away in April. And it was announced by her husband, actor Damien Lewis, uh, in the middle of April. Um, I absolutely loved her. I think she was very underrated. I, uh, I mean, Rick has seen her in Penny Dreadful. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't remember that until you mentioned it today. But yeah, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm the worst person about remembering stuff like that unless it's somebody who is you know you know is so recognized you know like an Alan Rickman or a you mm. know uh, Ava Green or something you know. I know Ava Green was in Penny Dreadful. Don't ask me the names of any of the other actors that were in the show. And I watched every episode and loved it. So it's, like, you know, like it, that's kind of Dal- where I'm like at. Dalton was it anyway, but uh, <laughs> there oh, was yeah. actually quite a few named actors in it that, but she played mainly. She was the main villain in the second season of Penny Dreadful. She was also one of the big part of the cast in Peaky Blinders. Uh, and they were in the midst of filming the last season and she unfortunately passed away while they were filming. So I don't know if they're going to, uh, they're probably going to do something about her character. I'm, I'm not sure yet. They haven't made any announcement about what they're going to do yet. It's just that they were filming the season when she passed. But uh, she, she, if you see her, you'll be like, oh, her, that, that actress. But yeah. um, she's well, one of the last, last month, uh, Analyzing Doctor Who released an episode uh, about, uh, her, she was in mm-hmm. the the Vampires of Venice. I was supposed to be on that episode, and unfortunately, I I don't remember what happened, but I couldn't record the night they did it. And um, but uh, Sh- uh, Shane and Jonathan and I think Mary is on mm. that show. I may be wrong about that. I haven't I haven't actually had a chance to listen to it yet. <clears throat> listen to it yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I'm sure they did a great job of uh, of eulogizing her because that's you know i i'm te- uh, when it comes to anything other than star trek if you say do you remember episode x and usually i'm like you're gonna have to give me more than a title um <laughs> but that was one i was like oh yeah i remember that one um and uh so i was really looking forward to talking about it and then unfortunately uh life got in the way but uh you know i know that she was amazing um, I know that I've seen her in a bunch of stuff and never went, oh, my God, she's so awful. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and, and what did you say, 52? She was only 52, yeah. Yeah, 52. Yeah. That That is just awful. Um, you know, that uh, cancer just. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I mean, she was taken from yeah. us way too soon, unfortunately. Yeah, we were kind of mentioning before the show started about the fact that there's seems to be more and more actors that when they get a diagnosis like that, they don't really release the news. So you don't know that they're sick until you get the news that they died. You know, it happened with Alan Rickman. It happened with Chadwick Boseman. Uh, sure, it's, I'm sure there are others that I don't know their names off the top of my head, but I kind of understand because do you want to spend your last several months of life 
having people calling and trying to get an interview with you so you, they can be the last one to interview you before you die and and that kind of stuff. And every time you turn on the news, you see some something about your diagnosis or something like that. Uh, instead of just re- just remember what I what I what I was before. Remember my work. You know, mm-hmm. remember what I put out there. Instead yeah, of, yeah. I mean, another example of, of that is uh, is uh, Freddie Mercury. He didn't announce that he had AIDS until the day before he died. I mean, yeah, but that was a little bit different because AIDS was still AIDS still had a huge. I mean, not that it doesn't still, but you know, at the time, it had a huge stigma to it, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to cancer, which you know, it it nobody's like you deserve cancer. Um, yeah, but at, at the time that Freddie well, Mercury got are. sick, who you are. <laughs> well, uh, some people say that. <laughs> okay, at, at, accepting the assholes of the world. <laughs> Point. No, um, I'm not you know, saying there's there. I'm not saying that there were people that deserve cancer. I'm saying that there are people that say that to people. Oh, well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. But <laughs> unfortunately, yes, they mm. they deserve cancer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it, but it's it's like. When when Ellen Rickman passed away, I think we talked about this uh, on the Starbase. You know, it, it was such a shock, and you you understand that you want to respect people's privacy, but it. And and I'm not saying that I be, I, I I agree with this. I'm not saying this is what I feel or think, but it, it raises the question. If you are someone who has spent your entire life or, you know, the majority of your life in the public eye and you have literally millions of people who adore you, whether they know you or not. okay, do you owe your fans a bit of warning? Um, I guess it's on a case by case basis. Yeah. And and again, I'm not putting that out there as saying I have an opinion one way or the other because I honestly don't. But I'll you know all I know is when Alan Rickman passed away, it was like being punched in the gut because there was you know when David Bowie died, it was sad, and yes he was way too young, but he was also old enough that it wasn't a total shock. Mm. And he had, you know, he smoked like 15 cartons a day, you know, it was not yeah. exactly <laughs> unbelievable. And, and, you know, we, you know, we had a big spate back in the, in, you know, in the last decade of uh, rock and rollers who just all the shit they did in the 70s caught up to them in the last eight years or so. And yet Keith mm-hmm. Richards is still with And us. yet Keith Richards <laughs> is still going, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know. When when somebody who was a, you know a huge rock star through the the sixties and seventies and eighties dies fairly young, you're like not really all that big of a shock. But when Alan Rickman passes away and you had no idea he was sick, it 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 hits harder. And on the one hand, I can certainly understand him. You know, like you said, you don't want to spend the last few months of your life fending off the press and having, you know, you know, 99% of the things are going to be well wishes and stuff, but then there's going to be the paparazzi and crap like that. And I, I totally dig that. But on the other hand, if you are a, you know, a rich and famous movie star for lack of a better term. Uh, and it was the fact that people paid money to see your work and pretty much put you where you are. And again, I realize that's a very problematic statement, but it's not 
totally untrue either. Do you owe your fans at least a little bit of warning before they get the gut punch? Mm. Again, uh, I think I, it's on a case by case basis. Yeah. It depends on what kind of relationship they've had with their fans, really. But I mean, to go so far as to say that they owe it to them, I, would, I don't think so. Because I, I don't think they owe them anything. Okay. All that they True. owe them is the work that they put out. Yeah. You know? um, that's why a lot of people, I'll see reports uh, online of stuff. And like, you know, I went to, I saw uh, Bobby Flay at a restaurant and I went up and spoke to him and he, he wouldn't even talk to me. I was like, you know, you bothered him while he was trying to eat dinner. <laughs> you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, uh, form my whole basis of who this person is off of that one interaction. Just and 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 that kind of goes along with these people don't want their memory to be sullied by, oh, remember when he told everybody that he had cancer and that he was leaving the public eye and all that kind of stuff. When they they made a bunch of movies, they just want you to remember them that way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah, 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 and that but, you know that's uh, something else I want to I want to as long as we're here. Okay, <laughs> yeah, go for you it. Mentioned mm-hmm. it. Because I've I've heard plenty of stories um, about I met X and they were an asshole. Yeah, and then I've heard other people say I met X and they were the most wonderful person on earth. Right. Um. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guilty of this. I've heard secondhand stories of X being a dick to somebody because somebody else saw it happen. And then that colors my view of that person for the mm-hmm. rest of, you know, Eddie Money. I have. Uh, do you guys re- know who Eddie Money was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He also. The, the two tickets to paradise. Died of cancer. <laughs> yeah. 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 He died. He died fairly young, too. Um, uh, two tickets to paradise. Uh, shaken. Uh, you know, he was he was big in the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a friend who said that he saw Eddie Money treat a waiter like shit at a restaurant once. And so I was like, Eddie Money's an asshole. And when he <laughs> when he died, I was like, ah, F him. He deserved it. And then um, I, I have a friend named Dave who who uh, uh, was has been on Starbase a couple of times. Dave is really good. He, he's one of those people that can just sort of sit back and go, Okay, you just said that. Do you really know that? Mm. Have you have you met this? You know, he's really good at, at finding the fatal flaw in any argument you make, yeah. and not saying you're wrong. Just kind of going, okay, but, <laughs> and right. then you walk away and you go, all right, yeah, I was a dick. <laughs> just, he has this magic about him. Where, he, where, you know, where he can just sort of find this chink in the armor of whatever you're saying and just slip a kinjal in there and get you right in the kidneys and go, you need to think about what you just said. Because, um, like, I have a friend who she adores Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And uh, she in fact, she's a she's a roller derby. She, she does roller derby when pandemics aren't happening. Yeah, of and course. her roller derby, her roller derby name is Princess Slaya. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's awesome. She went to a con dressed as Princess Leia with the you know Star Wars you know a New Hope with the buns and and the white dress and everything. And she got a photo with Carrie Fisher, and Carrie Fisher was having a bad day. Aww. And apparently was less than gracious to her. 
And now Lauren has not been saying, oh, Carrie Fisher was, you know, uh, you know, horrible or anything like that. She just related the story. She still loves Carrie Fisher. She still posts the picture that she took with her. Um, she was, you know, Lauren was one, was able to look beyond that day and realize that, you know, other people have had wonderful experiences with Carrie Fisher. It's the same with, with Will Wheaton. Um, mm-hmm. Everything, 99.9% of the stories I've heard about Will, he is just a delight. We we don't deserve him in the fan in the fan <laughs> community. Yeah. But a couple weeks ago, somebody posted, and I don't remember what group it was in. Somebody posted on Facebook that Will was an asshole to them, and I wanted to say, you know, maybe he was having a bad day because you know Will is wrestling with a lot of mental demons, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, stars, for want of a better word, are they're still people. Yeah. And cons can be very taxing, uh, especially, you know, if you are, you know, it, once you get above a certain level of fame, you go to a con, you're not having fun. You're not wandering the floor and, and you know, you're sitting at a table signing pictures, taking, pic, you know, t- taking, uh, you know, doing photo ops, having to be, quote unquote, nice and on for hours at a time. And I don't think that there's a, there, there may be an appearance fee now. Uh, yeah. Well, there is. Okay. When I go to dragon con, what it is, is you can go to their table, but you, if you want a picture, you have to pay for it. If you want something signed, you have to pay for it. Yeah. And it did, you know, a lot of fans are, I, I used to be one of the people before I met Susie Plaxon, before I, I talked to her, I used to think, pay for a picture jesus christ how you know how and but then i found out that you know it used to be that cons would bring you know of course you know your patrick stewart's your brent spiner's your you know jonathan frakes's they still get this um you know they get a huge jump for upfront fee mm-hmm. just to be there uh but a lot of people below that line you know they'll they will get flown in they will get put up they will get fed there may be you know, what could be equivalent to a stipend, mm-hmm. but the majority of what they make at the con is what they get for those photo ops. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they have to come up with the pictures that, that sh- those aren't cheap. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, you know, yeah. somebody hands up a stack of pictures and says, you know, sign. they have to buy their own goddamn Sharpies. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always uh, bring my own Sharpies for them to sign with if they're, you know, whatever, just to be nice. And, and I usually bring my own stuff. For them to sign. I've only yeah. had to buy pictures like twice because I forgot to bring what I wanted them to sign. Uh, like, uh, uh, for example, at the last Dragon Con that I went to, I ran into a couple of stars. Gil Gerard was there. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see him. But I brought my DVD of Buck Rogers for him to sign. <laughs> um, unfortunately, every time I kept going to his table, he was off doing a, for, a thing somewhere. So uh-huh. I kept missing it was just bad timing. But I also ran into Steve Bloom, who people who know anime and, and video games know who Steve Bloom is. He's a really big voice actor, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I went up to him because uh, most people know him from Cowboy Bebop. That was like one of the very first voice acting, get, like leading gigs that he ever had. And it's the one that most people endure to him. And I brought up my, my DVD and he was just like, Giddy that I have a DVD for Sonic, and then his girlfriend actually was sitting next to him, and she walked up, 
Um, and she's a, she's really sweet too. And she's also a voice actress. And uh, unfortunately I didn't have anything for her to sign. So I felt bad because I love both of them, but he thought I was flirting with him the whole time. And he, <laughs> wasn't. but, uh, he was just, he was the sweetest dude. I, 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 a lot of the voice actors that I've, I've run into are just the sweetest people. Um, so, I mean, give voice actors some credit because the fact you don't see them doesn't mean that they're not actors, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. doing just as much work as on-screen people, and they really deserve more credit than they get. The the pod directive, the, the official CBS Star Trek podcast. Mm-hmm. But Tawny Newsom, who voices Mariner on Lower Decks, mm-hmm. she is wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I saw I, a story a while back on uh, uh, Will Wheaton was telling the story of the time that he met William Shatner mm-hmm. and how disappointing uh-huh. it was, and then he tre- he treated him like crap and all that kind of stuff. So every person that meets somebody is probably going to have a different story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so and it, and it all depends on you know, there have been people in my life that have met me and probably thought that I was an asshole because I was having a bad day. You know, yeah, we all get that, yeah. Or whatever, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. so, and just because it, it, this is somebody that you watched on television for years and years and years, and this is the one chance, the one time that you meet them, then that's the interaction that's going to be burned in your memory forever, um, and, which is, I mean, that's disappointing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that that's who they are. It's just that for them, that was one day, you know, you're yeah. one of a billion people that they met over the course of their career. And, uh, and, but for you, that was like the one time that you met this person that you idolized or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And And, I think a lot of, you showed the picture into their scampi at a restaurant and, Oh, never. No, I see whenever I see celebrities out, which is rare, but it does happen. I don't go over to them because I'm like, they're out, they're they're socializing, they have friends with them, I'm not going to bother them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I've, I've told the story of, of seeing uh, Alan Rickman and Sigourney Weaver when we saw Spamalot, mm-hmm. and we noticed at intermission that nobody was going up to them, and so we went, all right, that's the, that's the etiquette. They're out yeah. to enjoy a show, they're not here to be on stage, nobody else is bothering them, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have another sad story, unfortunately, for for my fellow old farts. You guys may know. Um, (laughs) Gavin McLeod passed away today. Oh, yes. I heard about that. Who is that? Uh (laughs) Um, (laughs) Gavin McLeod was Captain Steubing on the Love Boat. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and Murray on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yeah, I heard about Gavin. I I was like, I don't know if we want to bring that up because Love Boat wasn't exactly a sci-fi show. But okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) no, but it's still this. This is a a, this isn't necessarily a sci-fi. It's just fandom. Kind of true. That's true. That's true. And also there was there was the uh, the 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 SNL sketch. Patrick Stewart. Love both the next the next generation where Patrick Stewart played. That was great. <laughs> and Isaac. <laughs> oh yeah, with the 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 love boat pushing or the Enterprise pushing the love boat. <laughs> Somebody mm-hmm. actually bought that model. I saw it on a. There oh, was no. like a one of those shows where they go around the different people's uh, garages and look at all the crap that they've accumulated over the years and stuff. And somebody yeah. had actually bought the model. 
that they had built of the Enterprise pushing the love boat. Oh gosh, I don't know, I don't know how much they paid for it. Probably way too much. <laughs> you know, the only time I ever see those shows is when I'm in the waiting room of a mechanic getting my car fixed. <laughs> no, those, it's, it's like anytime I'm getting tires done or brakes done and I have to wait for the car, there's always like those guys that that go around and like they're, they're going to people's storage units or uh, uh, pawn shops. Uh, and, and I have no idea what I'm watching, but it's always like, you know, I'll give you fifty dollars for this. Oh man, yeah. I can't do more than thirty. <laughs> All right, there's, uh, there's a couple you know. of them that I watch that's not. It's just set up for people that have a collection to show their collection. They're not trying to sell it and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, my wife and I we subscribed to uh, Discovery Plus when it started a couple mm-hmm. months ago mm-hmm. because it's got all all the stuff that my wife watches: HGTV, Food Network, all that kind of stuff. All their stuff is on there. And uh, so I went ahead and subscribed to it because it's also got a lot of the investigation discovery stuff that I like to watch sometimes. Yeah. But I did find there's like I can't remember the name of it now, but it's a collector show. And there, and I was watching it the other night and this guy had like all these Mego action figures of Star Trek. Uh-huh. I'm not surprised. And they were talking about which ones were the most valuable because there's three of them that are not very valuable because there was a hoarder that had uh, collected like thousands of copies of three of the figures and they found them when they unearthed this dude's garage or whatever. And, uh, and so those three figures are not as valuable anymore, but the other three, (laughs) the other three still go for some money, but yeah, every time I go to the doctor, then those damn house shows are on. Oh yeah. The house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my, my wife collects butterflies and the husband, you know, is a, is a, neither of them ever have any sort of job, but their budget (laughs) is like a million and a half. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, F all (laughs) you. There's one one of those shows that I actually do. I found myself watching it more often and it's, it's the one where there is house hunters, but it's not house hunters. It's tiny house hunters. Mm-hmm. And they're just looking at tiny houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I watch it because for one thing I'm I find it fascinating to figure out how they can lay out this house and only have a hundred square feet. But I also watch it because there's these families that'll come on there and they've got three kids and they want to live in a tiny house. And well, then you never see in. tiny house livers. It's always just build the thing and then the, the show people they build it, give it the yeah or something yeah. yeah. And, yep. and then they'll and then they'll walk in and it's like, yeah, we really want to downsize to a tiny house. And the first one they walk in, man, this is awful small. <laughs> you think it's still that tiny yeah. house? <laughs> uh, if, if it's just a couple, you know, like my wife and I could be fine in a tiny house, but we've got two kids, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah. that's just stupid. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, my wife is also a fabric addict. So. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, the show yeah. I was well, watching all my stuff. Yeah, the the show I've been watching most recently is they started up a, a collector show where it's um, collectors who have collected memorabilia from wrestlers, from WWE wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And what they do yeah. is that they get the actual wrestler to come on the show as a guest, and they take the wrestler to the collector's house to try and buy back the memorabilia if they're willing. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually pretty fascinating. Some of the stuff that they find, like parts of their outfits or, or some props that they used to use, because some of them had some pretty interesting props. 
so and I watched I've watched a couple of them because I used to be I admit it I was actually a big WWE fan what well, it was still called the WWF back in the late 80s early 90s I was one of those people <laughs> if you're a big if you're a, a huge John Cena fan and then John Cena shows up at your house wanting to buy pieces of your collection how do you say no <laughs> actually like, people that said no. no because they said it was so rare and they it was like part of like a big part of stuff like one guy uh in particular he was dealing with um the guy who was who was cactus jack and and mankind and and all that mick foley mm-hmm. and yeah. mick foley wanted to get his shirt back from what for one of his he had he did four freaking characters he was he's insane um but he wanted to get his shirt back for cactus jack and the guy refused to give it to him because he said it was part of a set that he had and he didn't want to break up the set. And I was like, really? Mick Foley yeah. is in your effing house right now in front of your face and you're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Anyway. But, well, that's yeah. like if I've got a, if I've got an autographed picture of, of uh, Batista from when he was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And now he's Drax. Well, I really want to hold on to this now because now he's like a big Hollywood actor. <laughs> yeah, right. But, that, but yeah, that, it was just it blew my mind that I mean, here's Mick Foley in your house, right there. Yeah, he's in your house, and he wants to buy back the shirt from when he was Cactus Jack, and they just would he no, he said no. I'm like, okay, man, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> my wife has met John Cena because he goes through the airport, and apparently he's a dick. Speaking of celebrities who are not nice people. <laughs> yeah. This this was not just one. He, he's one of those, do you know, don't you know who I am people? Mm. Okay. Um, I have watched uh, a documentary recently, and it was called uh, The Orange Years, The History of Nickelodeon. And I, I kind of wanted to bring it up because we, we, we've started conversations before about Nickelodeon, and mm-hmm. I said... You know, hold off. Let's we'll do a show about that later or whatever. But right. I I thought that the, watching this documentary might be a good end to to talk a little bit about the early years of Nickelodeon, um, which you know we may revisit in more detail and just talk about specific things later on. But the the documentary was really good, especially if you're in your 40s and you can remember the the early 80s when the when it all really kind of first started, because if you recall, Nickelodeon started as a network just for kids. And it was designed to be on for like 14 hours a day of just programming for kids, but they didn't want it to just be Looney Tunes and reruns of the Flintstones and stuff like that. You know, they wanted to be their own thing. Educational. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they couldn't get anybody to make original programming for them because there was more money to be made on the big three networks and syndication on cable and things like that. And they didn't want to just show reruns of things that you've seen a million times. They wanted to make their own stuff or they wanted to get stuff that you can't see everywhere else. So that's when mm-hmm. they started getting a lot of Canadian programming and, and French programming. That's how we got the, the little Prince and uh, danger mouse. And I was going to say the first delivery. show I ever saw on Nickelodeon was danger mouse in 1992. Yeah. And it's been around <laughs> since the like early eighties. It's actually, oh, that was yeah. probably the remake of it. No, no, it was the original. No? Okay. 
Oh, yeah, they, they, I mean, they re-showed all of them over and over and over and over, and I think there's a new one now that just yeah, happened in the last Yeah, there, there's years. a new one now that's, it's very, I tried to get Sharon to watch it, because, you know, I, all right, here's the deal. In 92, all right, I wasn't a kid by any stretch. I was in the Air Force. <laughs> um, and my friend, who had married an Englishman and moved to England, was telling me about Danger Mouse. I'd never heard of it. But she was like, it's on Nickelodeon now. I'm like, what the hell is Nickelodeon? Oh. And uh, I was hooked after like two episodes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Penfold Shush. I just, I love <laughs> Danger Mouse. Um, yeah. You know, right, Baroni. Um, so. Uh, cool. <laughs> last, <laughs> right. Last, you know, uh, what was it? A couple of years ago, they 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 did a remake of Danger Mouse. And so I was like, Sharon, you got to watch this show. And even I was like, this is way too self-referential. Because <laughs> yeah, it's constantly that. winking and going, hey, hey, remember this? Wink, wink, remember this? Wink, uh, wink. And it got really annoying. And she didn't like it either. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can remember. And yeah, I know... Rick, you were uh, you were you're older than we are, but I remember uh, I probably watched more Nickelodeon after I had kids than I did before. So. Oh, really? Because yeah. I was yeah. the perfect age for when Nickelodeon started. It started oh, yeah. in '79, and I was '79. I was six when it came out, so I was the perfect age for a lot of the earlier stuff. Uh, yeah, so I, I, all the 80s stuff and the early 90s stuff I watched, as soon as they got into, like, uh, the, a lot of the later 90s stuff, I stopped watching because then I was, quote-unquote, too old because I was over 18 at that point. So I didn't watch yeah. all that stuff. But, uh, like, Danger Mouse, was, I watched all of that. And then there was a, a spinoff called Count Duckula. I watched that, too. Um, yeah, and, and we'll get into more, but those two were some of the really early ones that I remember watching, and I didn't, I was too young to get some of the jokes on Danger Mouse, to be now, honest. Now, you can't I do remember. that on television with Nickelodeon, right? Yes. Yeah, now, well, it, that it was show, a Canadian show that they showed in Nickelodeon in the States, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're probably like me, I, I, I've always watched stuff that was, that I was probably quote-unquote too old for. Because I was watch, I was still watching Power Rangers when I was like fourteen, you know, because I like superhero stuff. So and and it was on in the morning while I was getting ready for school. But um, if I stayed home from school, like if I was sick or something like that, and you watch Nickelodeon during the day, then you would get stuff like Pinwheel. Oh yeah, <laughs> Pinwheel really was one of their very first shows. I love Pinwheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, uh, and then they had this show Special Delivery that I used to watch. And it was a Canadian I show. That too. That yeah, it was oh, okay. a okay. So there was a, a mannequin. It was yeah. a mannequin, man. When they put his hat on his head, he would come. They, I don't remember if there was a magic word or something they had to say. Yeah, but, abracadabra. Uh, it was like uh, hocus pocus, alamogocus. That's what it was. Yeah, and then he'd come to life. <laughs> and and That's then there was as hell. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, there, there was a mixture of some of the characters were people and some of them were puppets and stuff like that, but. I mean, it was a kid's show that was on uh, during the day. It was on for like so. eight years. I didn't realize yeah. it was that long. 
Oh, God, this is making me go down memory lane. Uh, the other one that I remember was Mr. Wizard's World, which I've mentioned before, and, oh, that was a great show. I learned so much. But that was, that was long before Nickelodeon. Mr. No, Mr. He, Wizard, Mr. No, Wizard. Not, well, he did. He made a show for Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah, Mr. Wizard's oh, World. Okay. Was, but, yeah. but Mr. Wizard was around when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, no, Mr. Wizard's World was Nickelodeon's... Uh, they were trying to have some educational shows. They put out some educational shows when it first uh, started, like some kids news shows and things like that. And it was basically we're going around the world and we're showing you kids that are doing extraordinary things. We're showing you this little girl that plays violin in front of thousands of people and stuff. And what they figured out was that these shows were just making kids feel bad about themselves. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, they started trying to the, the educational side of things. They would try to do like Mr. Wizard's world. And he was just, uh, he was showing kids how to do these little experiments and stuff and, and they're using, using stuff that they could find around the house and stuff like that. Um, but I, do you, do y'all remember the little prince? Yeah. I know the yeah. books. I don't know that I ever saw. Yeah. The there show. was a, there was a, anime show that was that they dubbed in French and English uh, and there was also a Bell and Sebastian <laughs> and it was, was like, it was like uh, 15 minutes long it wasn't even like a full half hour but I remember it being something that this is the kind of thing that you watch while you're waiting for something else to come on mm-hmm. uh, it was I just don't remember it being I, and I know that they made a movie of it too they made a movie of the little prince but basically this little boy lived on a planet all by himself yeah and, it was originally a you know, book yeah. So it yeah, was a, it, it it always creeped me out. I you know, I've never watched or read all of the books, but it's like every time I see it it's one of those things that pretentious people talk about how great it was in their childhood and and it just never you know, it's it's like um the, okay, there's there's a really 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 creepy movie of the little prince that has Bob Fosse in it. It's interesting because if you, the, there's clips of it all over YouTube because you see that 99% of the moves Michael Jackson used came straight from Bob Fosse. Mm-hmm. And they're all from this scene where Bob Fosse is pre- playing a snake trying to convince the little prince to kill himself. And wow. it's the most disturbing scene ever. But it's like you'll see Fosse – and if you don't know who Bob Fosse was, folks, he was – one of the most influential choreographer American choreographers ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a wonderful movie starring. Um, oh, damn it. I'm blanking on his name. Jaws in 2010. Um, Roy Scheider as Bob Fosse uh, called all that jazz, which if you are in any way interested in the history of theatrical dance uh, or, just want to see a lot of people writhing around on scaffolds. Watch all that. Yeah, he, he choreographed some weird, especially in the 60s. Yeah. Some of his scenes are out there. <laughs> but if you watch this scene from The Little Prince with him trying to tempt The Little Prince to kill himself, uh, every one of Michael Jackson's signature moves came from Bob Fosse. Mm. Um. So, you know, I, you know, every time I've ever seen Le Petit Prince or whatever the bracket is in, yeah. German, in German, in yeah. French, uh, it just, it always kind of struck me as one of those things that, you know, people that eat scones and 
and uh, you know where ties <laughs> to lunch would read, and it just never. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. It's no watership down, man. <laughs> I fortunately oh have never seen that, and I intend to keep it that way. <laughs> You're better off, trust I me. Know. <laughs> that I and, and what's that movie with the, where the horse goes dies in the swamp? Um, That's a never-ending never story. story. Yeah. I, you know, I don't ever. I've never made it through that movie. It is so goddamn boring. <laughs> you were too old for it. I was. I was yeah. Uh, and I've read the you book. Brought up, uh, you brought up uh, You Can't Do That on Television a minute ago, and that's that's probably one of the big ones that really I remember from the mm-hmm. early days of Nickelodeon. And it was a Canadian show, and they showed it on Nickelodeon here. And uh, it was the first that I recall, other than like the Mickey Mouse Club or something, but like a sketch comedy show of just kids in it, you know? Yeah. There was... There were two adults. There was the mom and there was the, well, the mom and the dad. They played the mom and the dad in the skits and stuff, but they played any adult that they had to be in the show. It was played by these two people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't have it in front of me. I can't tell you what their names are. Off the top uh, of my Les Lyle right and Abby Haggard. Well, there you go. Okay. If, they, if you said, I don't know, you got slimed. <laughs> yeah. No matter what skit you were in, if you said, I don't know, you got slimed. And they came out with, this is before a lot of the kids shows and stuff were heavily marketed where every, every, um, every time you went to a store, you would see t-shirts and all kinds of products and stuff with names of these shows on them and stuff. Uh, but they did come out with, you can't do that on television shampoo. Yep. And I had it, it was just, it was just <laughs> green shampoo. Yep. And it was, it was probably, it probably cost them about 65 cents to make it. And they sold it for four ninety nine a bottle. Yeah, in the eighties, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't even buy it. You couldn't even buy it at like the regular store. You had to go to Toys R Us to buy it. Yep. And uh, I got my mom to get some for me, and you know, and of course, I waste half the bottle the first day I have it because I stand in the shower and say, "I don't know," and squirt half the bottle on my head. <laughs> I never did that, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one, I watched. One thing I I was I'm I'm double checking it now because I I checked it a a, a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, because I you know I, crush is maybe too too strong of a word, but but moose. Oh, Christine! I Christine. love Christine. I had a crush on Christine. So does Scott, apparently. And everybody. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is, I you know I felt like wow, I'm really being a creep, but I looked her up and I just confirmed it now. She's actually a year older than I am, so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, when she joined the show, she was 15, and by the time she left the show, she was like 23. <laughs> yeah, and she still shows up in stuff from time to time. She was she, in this documentary, yeah. But, yeah, I have a feel, I had a feeling she, she was, but she's a producer now. She's a TV producer. Alanis Morissette was on that show, too. There was, yeah, yep. that's where she got her start. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, it's and it's what my mom really didn't like me to watch the show. Uh, she came just short of forbidding me from watching it <laughs> because she would say that the kids were disrespectful and that they and that they uh, there was gross. She didn't like gross humor, you know, oh, and there was gross humor. That was so, the whole point but, of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was tame compared to the stuff that I watched later when I started like watching like Ren and Stimpy later on. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, really I watched that too. <laughs> so, oh but, yeah. God, but we got to talk. I mean, you can't talk about Nickelodeon without talking about Double Dare. Yeah, that was probably the that's probably the biggest one, especially for the '80s and the early '90s. Double Dare was was pretty huge. 
because it went from being just this small game show to selling out arenas all over the country oh, when they yeah. would go and do these shows on the road and stuff. And people mm-hmm. would, you people would enter sweepstakes to be a, a contestant on the show and things like that. Um, I had the, the at home game. Uh, of course it wasn't as messy <laughs> 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 because it was basically a lot of, uh, you remember that game show uh, minute to win it that Guy Fieri did a few years ago? Or is basically mm. and there was a lot of a lot of games involving ping pongs and ping pong balls and you're trying to throw them into thing into red solo cups and stuff like that. The the at home game was a lot of that kind of stuff. Ah, you know? okay. you have like a solo cup on your head and uh... Yeah, you hold a cup on your head, somebody <laughs> tries to pull, tries to throw the ball in, you know, different games like that. But uh, but yeah, Double Dare was um just 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 this messy <laughs> trivia game. They'd ask you trivia questions. If you didn't know it, you know, you might end up doing a physical challenge. And then they had this obstacle course at the end that was just a mess of slime and peanut butter and chocolate and whatever, <laughs> whatever messy stuff they could find to put you in that day. And in the documentary, it was funny because he said uh, they were interviewing Mark Summers. And uh, he said the first show that they, that they filmed Somebody they had like this big pool of slime, I think, and some they were supposed to root around in the slime and find the flag, and it was the first part of the obstacle course. And somebody forgot they forgot to put the flag in there. Oh no! (laughs) Well, at least that was their first episode, and they didn't know any better yet. Yeah, they rooted around in the slime for the entire sixty seconds that they had for the obstacle course, and they, they said, "Well." That flag's in there. I know it's in there. We, you know, that kind of stuff. And then they ended up having the, they ended up having to take the kid back and clean him up and let him reshoot the. Oh, <laughs> that's a shit. Mark Summers, Solo yeah. Huger, by the way. Uh, I had a slight crush on him too. <laughs> See, Mark Summers was great. Wasn't he one of the early MTV VJs? No. No, no, he no. Never he, on MTV. he, uh, yeah, he was on, he was just, it was just Nickelodeon until he, uh, he quit doing Double Dare and started going and doing stuff for the Food Network, uh, doing the Unwrap series that he did over there. But he quit. He quit Double Dare because um, his kid came up to him one day and said, "Dad, how come uh, how come you spend uh, every Saturday with all those other kids and you never spend Saturday with us?" Mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that's why he ended up quitting. Well, the that's show. probably because his wife was also on the crew, uh, so they were both there. Yeah, and he was having now, to go on the road because he would host the uh, the on on the road shows and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Now the 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 was it called Curse of the Hidden Temple or Challenge was, of the Hidden? Oh, you're talking about Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends that was of on the, PBS, yeah, not yeah. Nickelodeon. Oh, that wasn't Nickelodeon. Okay. No. No, Legends of the Hidden Temple was Nickelodeon. Was it? Yeah. I kept thinking it was PBS oh, yeah. for some reason. No, no. You know that's coming back. Yeah, and again, yeah, for they've adults. done it before. This will be the third time for adults. They, really? they, actually, made, they actually made a movie a couple of years and ago. And it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, how do you make a movie out of something like that? Hey, it's like trying to make Double Dare the movie or Jeopardy the movie or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple was cool because you they were like putting these kids inside a video game. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I loved watching that show. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, did you uh, did you? I just found out recently that you remember where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? That turns thirty this year. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was PBS, but I yeah, I was, was too old for that show. I watched it anyway. I didn't care. <laughs> there, there's a there's a oh, new cartoon of that that Sharon watched the hell out of uh, last year, and it's it's all it's it's not just you know where you know here are clues to where in the world she is. It's like an actual Korean made. You know that that kind of eon flux sort of type of animation, yeah. Yeah. Um, where she was trained to be a criminal, but she decided they all sucked, and she now she's being using her criminal powers to thwart the criminal agency that trained her, and the 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 cops think she's a bad guy, and the bad guys think she's a traitor, and and uh, it's it's a fun show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, the game the game show was something. Com- it was just oh, completely. Yeah, completely. It was actually about I love the game show, <laughs> but that was unfortunately not Nickelodeon. No, no, it was. <laughs> um, but uh, another story that they told in the in the documentary about Double Dare, Mark Summers said that uh, they had a kid that came down one of the slides. And, they, and he said, you can go back and watch the replay. It looked like this kid broke his neck when he came off the oh, slide. I wow. mean, he just he landed on his head and his 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 shoulder went one way and his neck went the other way. And then he jumped up and he said he was fine or whatever. And he said that after the, after the show, the guy, the kid's dad came up to Mark Summers and was like, hey, you're lucky my kid didn't get hurt. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that or whatever. He said, I tell you what. You give us that big screen TV, we won't sue you. <laughs> wow! He said, "You know what? You take the big screen TV. Don't sue us." <laughs> Kids are remarkably resilient, damage resistant, yeah. up to yeah. a certain age. Yeah, You're right. Now they did have some stuff um, that I watched as I got older because they had some sitcoms that. I was older, so I still wanted to watch fun stuff, but I didn't want to feel like I was watching kids stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So they had Hey Dude. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was a they uh, were on a ranch or something. Yeah, they were on a dude ranch. This uh, this guy from the city had bought a dude ranch, and then this, it was about all the kids that worked for him and stuff. Uh, Salute your shorts didn't was about a that. summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of these sitcoms, the thing is, they they can take the sit the old sitcom tropes that have done. Been been done millions of times by like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. They can do them again on these sitcoms because these kids have never seen them before. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. yeah, the one that I watched was The Adventures of Pete and Pete. I watched that one a lot. Yeah, I like Pete and Pete. That was kind of quirky and kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they they started they started out. It was just like these one minute little shorts that they would do between shows. Uh, it was like a 60-second episode of a, of a show, and they did that for about a year before they actually started making a 30-minute uh, series out of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and Clarissa explains it all with uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, that was before she was doing Sabrina. Yep, yep. See, after, like, 94, when I when I got out of the service and went back to work, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, then I, I went back to work in the theater, and so uh, you know I was sleeping all day, and then working all night, and then smoking until <laughs> the next morning. Uh, so I wasn't wasn't watching a whole lot of Nickelodeon after '94, so uh, I, I don't know much about it after that. Yeah, once you, once you get past some of this stuff, I 
I did, I, I got out of it for a long time until I started having kids. And then I come back around the time of like SpongeBob and Blues Clues and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. There, the big yeah. one was Rugrats, which I was too old for by the time that came on. Uh, and there was Keenan and Kel. Are you afraid of the dark? Was, was Dora uh, on Nickelodeon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was my, my oldest okay. loved Dora and, Oh God! <laughs> Actually, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the show Dora the Explorer. We had a, a PS2 video game of Dora that uh, she would. You know how kids play video games where they they'll they'll get to a spot where a thing will make a noise that they like, and they'll do it over and 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 over. There was this this in this Dora video game. There was this I don't even. It was like this a, a son selling drinks or something, and it made this <laughs> annoying noise. And she would just sit there and make it make that noise over. And and I mean, I'm not exaggerating. It would finally be like, Brio, move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of those games, and like every time they jump, they say the same thing, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, and the now, funny thing remember. is now, Sharon liked Dora for a little while. Sharon's at this point now. Uh, if you if you don't know, folks, Sharon's my my nine year old daughter, and she's at this point now that I think is hilarious because anything that she used to watch that she remembers from like maybe anything earlier than a year ago, she finds utterly embarrassing, <laughs> and I don't understand why. But like, you know, Dora or Octonauts or Odd Squad or any of this stuff, it, it, she wants nothing to do with it. And so like the way I get her out of bed in the morning, she doesn't she won't wake up for an alarm clock. But if I turn on her TV and like play a trailer for a kid show, she'll wake right up. <laughs> but if she if she starts to like, oh, I don't want to get up, I, I all I have to do is say, all right, I'm going to turn on Dora. And she gets right up in here. <laughs> um, CBS, uh, well, I, I keep calling it CBS All Access. It's Paramount Plus. They have all the Nickelodeon stuff now. Like, oh, wow. All the way okay. back to the beginning. And um, last night, I was in the living room with Jacob, and uh, my wife was in the other room on the phone. So I just flipped over and I was kind of seeing what was on there. And I saw Blue's Clues on there. And then when, when my son was little, he loved Blue's Clues. Mm-hmm. So I put on Blue's Clues and he started watching. He was just standing in front of the TV watching it. So I got my phone out and I took a picture of him watching it. And I texted it to my wife in the other room. And I just heard my wife say, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you showing him Blue's Clues? I was like, yeah, it's good for him, but it's going to drive me insane. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I will still do like when I go to get the mail at work, because, you know, we all our our mailboxes are in a different building. So whichever one of us happens to be going to the office, we'll grab all the mail. And when I come back. I always go, here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail every time I want to yell. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. I, I, I don't have anything like that. In my job, uh, my boss occasionally, because he loves the Muppets, like, a lot, like I do. So he'll just, uh, out of, like, randomness, he'll just say, moving right along. We're just 
favorite Sharon memory. And there's actually there, there's a video somewhere out there uh, of it. And I, I was telling her about it the other day uh, when she was she was barely able to talk. So she was maybe like, you know, one and a half, two years old. And we would watch Blue's Clues all the time. She loved Steve was the second one, right? Yeah, no, was Joe, first. Joe was the second one. She yeah. loved Joe. She wanted nothing to do with Steve. <laughs> she <Okay>. loved Joe. <laughs> and one day we were in her bedroom and I was changing her diaper and she kept going, coo, coo. And I, I, I couldn't figure out what she was talking, what, what she was trying to say. And then finally, I, you know, I finished changing her diaper and she sat up and she pointed at the floor. And she said, a coo, coo. And I looked down and there was a little round piece of a toy or a puzzle or something it had a an orange foot dog footprint on it mm-hmm. and i realized she was saying a clue it's a clue oh. and i just melted into a puddle on the floor <laughs> <laughs> now one thing they didn't talk about in the documentary uh was nick at night because yeah. nick at night was like a huge part of my life I, there's there's stuff that i watched on nick at night that i probably wouldn't have seen uh, otherwise, because some of those old shows you just don't you don't ever see them anymore. They were uh, showing stuff like Mister Ed and My Favorite Martian and stuff, oh, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and the and Donna Reed show, the Donna Patty Reed, Duke show. Well, that's how I finally saw the monkeys was on. Oh Night. yeah. All right. See, yeah. that's all stuff I grew up watching when I was <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah, I used to. I, yeah, I loved the monkeys, and my, my parents would laugh because I would act like the monkeys was like this new. Group. I actually met Mickey Dolan's when they were rewrite running them in the in the mid eighties. I met Mickey Dolan's, uh, yeah, and that was like a big deal. Everyone, he was like, like on cloud nine that everyone knew who the monkeys were again. Mickey, Dol- Mickey Dolan's and Mike Nesmith came to Birmingham like last year. They, they and started played. a tour just before COVID shut everything down. They're, they're yeah. starting to get it yeah, back up. Yeah, because they were they were doing it in memoriam of Davy and 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 Peter. Peter, and Peter. Yeah. They, they did a show, and it's it was a it's a pretty small venue that they were appearing at, and it was. Uh, and I, I told my wife, oh, that that might be cool. Let's see how much the tickets are. Like two hundred dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised actually. <laughs> But they, of course, uh, I mean, the, the the little trivia guys for you guys. Mike Nesmith's mom is the one who invented um, white out, white out, yeah. or liquid paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've watched. Uh, that's that's how I first saw Taxi. That's how I first saw mm-hmm. Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah, and- <laughs> dude, you were tell you were. T- that's my childhood right there. See, well, we're young. See, you're an old fart compared to us. Christopher Lloyd was Reverend Jim to me long before he was Doc Brown or, or Commander Krug. <laughs> well, see, I grew up, uh, my, my dad used to watch Cheers. Um, and, and so I grew up with that show being on in the background. And now it's still something that I go back and watch uh, from time to time. And... When I started watching Taxi, I realized that Cheers was Taxi in a bar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's pretty really? much the same show. Is it? Yeah, because well, it was made by the same guys. It was made by the yeah. same uh the Oh, same yeah, that's right. It was, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, Taxi gave us Danny DeVito yeah. and uh, Christopher uh, Lloyd, Mary Lou Henner, and Mary Lou Henner, and, Henner, and yeah. so many breakout stars on that show. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Judd Hirsch. They had a uh, they had a show that used to come on Nick at Night that was just the best of Saturday Night Live, and it was yeah. a thirty minute show that was just their most memorable skits and stuff. And so that's how I saw that? some of the old uh, classic skits from Saturday Night Live was watching that because, uh, and I was probably you know I didn't start watching Saturday Night Live until it, it had already been on the air for like eighteen years or something you know so really because I was watching it with my mom way back when like in the early eighties when like you know Eddie Murphy and and all them were on it yeah so. see that's how I that, that's how I watched that stuff was on uh, was on Nick at Night watching the the best of this of SNL. Mm. So that's how I saw all the Andy Murphy stuff and all the Bill Murray stuff and every, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but one the most memorable memorable thing I, I think I remember about Nick at Night was all the co- uh, the commercials and the uh, you know the bumpers in between episodes and stuff like that. It just had this they had this weird surreal feeling to it and stuff. And and they tried they tried to make some original programming that didn't quite take off but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because they were trying to make things that felt old but they weren't old you know um i can't remember any of the names of any. i know they did a, a talk show with martin mole at one time uh, oh god really seriously <laughs> yeah, I, I vaguely martin mole on nick yeah and- <laughs> oh god oh yeah yeah i mean i love um, martin. Uh, you know again this is this is this is my you know my, my I'm almost too young for Martin Mull at his peak um, <laughs> because, you know, he, he goes back to the um, uh, National Lampoon and, and stuff like that, which like predates SNL. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was he was in that that group of like late 60s, early 70s comedians that just did. Re- and pardon my French here, really fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know you had to be high as a kite to even find it funny um you know and then he was on uh uh was he on that no he was not on w- wkrp he was on um no no oh fernwood tonight that was the show he was on yeah um and, and yeah i think that's yeah. the one i was thinking of from the Saturday. i mean from uh nick at night i'm yeah. trying to look up his um Wikipedia. The, the, the one that I, uh, of course, I remember him from Clue, probably yeah. more than anything. <laughs> that was that was probably the most mainstream thing he ever did. Mm. Uh, look look up the song Men. It's Martin. <laughs> it's <laughs> we're men, men, men. It's a ship all filled with men. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Um, but that's like, you know, the 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 one of the more understand him and, and like, um, oh, God, the guy that was on in Spinal Tap as the Air Force officer. He just passed away a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, gosh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, uh, you remember his name right now. Hang on. I have to yeah, look it up. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, no, Cleveland. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, Mark Moll was on. He wound up on Roseanne in the late in the late. Uh, actually, I want to say the late nineties, but he actually, uh, I think his first appearance on Roseanne was in ninety one, mm-hmm. and he was on it all the way to the end of the show. So, I guess he was on it longer than I thought he was. And then they uh, they brought him back briefly in the uh, when they brought the show back and everything. But, actually, uh, Martin was in Spinal Tap. Come to think of it, was he? Uh, 
Yeah, he was Gosh. he was the, the he was the manager when they were when they were checking into the hotel. Yeah. And uh the 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 they like ran into this other band and he was and the other band was like too stoned that to talk to them. Oh that's right. Was that's right. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> I need to watch that film again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fernwood tonight is the one that I was uh, thinking of. But Fred he, Willard, uh, but that's something be- Fred Willard. Before uh Fernwood tonight. There was a show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, where he played the same yeah. character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess that was a spinoff. Yeah. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman was a was a, a spoof on on uh, uh, soap operas. There were a few of those because there was also soap. Soap, yeah. Soap, soap was the one that that was really sick. I tried to watch Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman a few times, and it was just, it, it, I, w- I was a kid, and it was just way over my head. Um, yeah, soap is what launched Billy Crystal's career. <laughs> yeah. And he played a gay character, if I remember yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what I'm maybe remembering it wrong, but wasn't Benson a spinoff of Soap? Or yeah, was absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Benson. Robert Guillaume played Benson, who was the the butler for one of the families on Soap. I forget which one. Yeah. And then they spun him off into his own show, where he was the the mayor or the governor or something. And uh, well, he started as a butler, and then he eventually became the mayor. Yeah. yeah, and then the, and then he was the butler for the governor, and then he wound up serving in the governor's. Okay. Uh, and then Rene Aubergeois was, was his basically the staff. He was just the jerk on the yeah. show. <laughs> well, if y'all have anything else to add, I, I did want to talk. There's a couple of movie trailers that came out over the last couple of weeks that I wanted to mention. The Tomorrow War. Have y'all seen the trailer for that? No. Um, yes. It's. It's a movie coming to Amazon Prime on July the second, and it looks really good. All I've watched is the trailer. I haven't read anything about it, but from the trailer, there's a war that's going on with aliens like 30 years in the future, and the humans of that time are using time travel to recruit new soldiers because I guess they're running out. Mm-hmm. So, so they are, are they're drafting people from the past and making them go into the future to fight in their war. And Chris Pratt's in it. He's the main, the main uh, yeah, star. Yeah, and Yvonne Strahinsky, who most people know from Chuck. Um, yeah. And Mass Effect. Hello. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's in it as well. Um, yeah, it looks interesting. I mean, people are just going to see it because Chris Bratt's in it for real. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's going to be on Amazon Prime, so I'll definitely watch it. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. something that I have to go to the theater to watch. So, um, uh, And then the other one. Is uh, Snake Eyes, GI Joe Origins? I saw the trailer for yeah, that. Yeah, which has the guy from um, uh, Crazy Rich Asians playing the character. Yeah, um, it's coming out on July twenty third. I'm looking at, I'm looking forward to it because I got to tell you, I I know a lot of people didn't like those GI Joe movies. They were awful. <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind them because I, I mean, I, you knew what they were going to be before you watched it. GI Joe, so. It, it would be hard to take that cartoon and turn it into live action anything and try to make it in any way believable. So hmm. well, I, I just think they, they miscast a lot of the characters. <laughs> well, yeah, but when you're trying to cast that many, I mean, you're trying to put that many characters into a movie, you're going to miscast a few of them. I think, I mean, it was entertaining. I, uh, I liked, um, I didn't really care for uh, uh, Cobra Commander in the movies. I think mm-hmm. they could have done that a little bit different. But other than that, I mean, I was okay with the most uh, of the I stuff. Didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't too thrilled with the Chris Eccleston playing Destro with no helmet well, on. Well, 
that's why he wasn't in this. That's why he wasn't in the second one. Yeah, I mean, well, they, he's they he's just, pretty picky about. Stuff. And they and they basically just they basically just got rid of the character by having uh you know he was he was still frozen from the end of the first movie and Cobra Commander just looks at him and says okay Deathstro you're out of the band and that's it <laughs> he's just done with Deathstro. And, uh, but all right, uh, all I'm yeah, gonna say is, is when I was a kid, GI Joe was 12 inches tall and had real hair, so. That's yeah, and then they became little three-inch <laughs> figures that, that I, I don't know why they did that, except mass production, maybe. I don't know. <sighs> I, I watched the first G.I. Joe movie because, you know, again, and this is a story I've told before, not necessarily for G.I. Joe, for Transformers, but, you know, my wife is 13 years younger than I am. Um, we were both well into our later when we met, so it's not creepy. <laughs> that was her era transformers and he-man and gi joe and all that stuff Mm -hmm. i was i was in that you know when you all have you have that window where you're too old for cartoons but you don't know that you're not too old for cartoons (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) Uh, so a lot of that you know transformers gi joe he-man all of that stuff fell right in the i have you know i'm i'm too old for this stupid crap anymore and so I didn't watch any of that stuff. So when Transformers came out, I would have just ignored it, except my wife wanted to see it. So we saw the first two movies. The first movie I actually found entertaining. The second movie literally bored me. I almost fell asleep. The second um, movie is the real offense. <laughs> yeah, then the guy, giant falls and stuff, whatever. Mm. Um, but it wasn't like I had a, you know, I didn't have a huge emotional investment in it. Uh, and it was the same with G.I. Joe. And we, you know, I would have totally ignored it, except she wanted to see it. And I was fine with seeing it. I barely remember it, but I remember I enjoyed it. But we mm. never saw another one. I actually, I actually kind of like the second one better than the first one. I never I, saw I mean, the like, second one. I'm, so. I'm, a, I'm a fan of The Rock, so. That's, oh, that's, that's why you saw Okay, That's right, he was in the second one. Who did he play? Uh, Roadblock, I think. Okay. Oh, no. Who was like barely in the cartoon at all? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was really surprised because I thought that I thought that they had abandoned uh, making those movies. I'm surprised that this uh, version of Snake Eyes is tied into that. You know, this mm-hmm. is like a prequel to that stuff, and I'm wondering if they're going to try and make more of these GI Joe Origins movies, or if it's going to be like you know, because they tried to do that with X Men. They did the X Men Origins. They made one movie. It was well terrible. because it was Wolverine because he was the most popular character, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And that movie yeah. they yeah. mysterious hard. character <laughs> they've got, and it's shrouded in mystery and all this kind of stuff. You know, so yeah, it was based on a comic book that 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 talked about his past and everything and and people weren't too happy about the comic book either but i never uh, even heard of deadpool at the time and i was like oh wow okay well they they totally put some it was bad um uh, terrible on the flip side when they did the bumblebee movie that was actually pretty good (laughs) oh yeah bumblebee i thought was awesome what's his name wasn't really involved in it was the director michael Michael Bay. bay Yeah, Michael Bay didn't direct it, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. My favorite comment about the Transformers movies I ever saw, I ever heard, was I forget the comedian who said it, but he was like, the new Transformers movies are like 
if you dropped a bunch of matchbox cars into a garbage disposal and turned it on. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you get lost in the noise. I never saw the fifth one. Is that the one that had Anthony Hopkins in it? Oh. Uh, whichever one I, had the Dinobots, I believe, was the last one. Uh, I don't remember what oh, number no, it is. No, they've, they've made another one since then. Because they made Did one they? with Anthony Hopkins that had, like, the Knights of the... Had something about... Uh, that, that was the Dinobot one. was the Knights one, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, There's another movie coming out called Old. Yeah, it's the new M. Night Shyamalan well, Ding Dong movie. <laughs> that uh, that that actually well we'll see because his his movies have been hit or miss lately. Um, lately? Split was awesome. <laughs> well, no, Split was amazing. I actually recently rewatched Split and I, it was great. Uh, Glass was eh, the ending was shit. Um, that was scene yet, yeah. Uh, and then he did they did the what was the one with the grandparents that were from a mental asylum? That was the last one that he did. I, I can't remember, remember the name of it. That was that Signs was, was the last one of his movies I watched. Okay, well that was one of the last well, was one, like, good yeah. ones up until Split. Uh, I wouldn't but, say it was good. <laughs> well, it wasn't bad. It was yes, start. It, he started going downhill with Signs. It was but, nine. Okay, I'll I'll say this about Signs. It was ninety nine percent good until the end, and then the quote unquote twist was so stupid it ruined the movie. I know. I'm I'm not saying it has a, <laughs> was a good ending, but um, then the happening was was yeah that was a thing. But um, <laughs> old is supposed to be they they go to this island and they start to age rapidly. I believe is the premise. Oh, they're just on a beach. They're just at the beach. It's not is even it an a island. beach. I thought it was an yeah. island. Okay. Yeah, they go to the beach and then all and they start they start they they notice it because the kids suddenly become teenagers like within a half an hour or something, you know. So mm-hmm. and then they start noticing that they all have wrinkles and stuff. And then the the way the trailer makes it look is they can't leave. They can't get off the beach. Every uh, time they try to get off the beach something happens, you know. So so I we'll know see. that feeling. I don't. <laughs> 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 so we'll see where it goes uh, cuz I, I when I was watching and I was like uh, does the does the beach make their clothes grow too because that kid was 6 years old and now he's 16 and he's wearing the same swim trunks. <laughs> all right i got a question for y'all mm-hmm. about about a trailer i saw that left me utterly cold i know shock um the eternals uh-huh everybody's raving about it and i think marvel doesn't really give a damn about appealing to anyone other than their fan base anymore because that trailer left me utterly uninspired to watch anything about it and my wife was like, oh, my God, it's him. It's them. It's she. It's him. And I'm like, I don't know any of these characters and nothing in this trailer in any way intrigued me because well, all they're that, doing that's is what standing people were around. saying about Guardians of the Galaxy when the trailer first came out. It was but an these, unknown comic. And look at it. These Guardians of the Galaxy's trailers had some action. The, the Eternals trailer is just all of them standing around looking at stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the Eternals trailer. I don't know anything about the Eternals, and that that trailer didn't really tell me anything about them. Yeah. Other than at one point in the trailer, they said, we've always been here or something like that. And I'm like, well, where were you when Thanos was killing everybody? Yeah, because yeah. Thanos is actually an Eternal. Uh, I mean, they've actually <laughs> proven that he was also an Eternal. But it did nothing to make me even remotely interested in the show. Uh, well, I've actually read the comic. <laughs> Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I, I'm one of the ones that I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch everything that Marvel comes out with because they've never, they've only made one movie that I just don't like, and that was The Dark World. And uh, you and everyone made, else, Sean. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything else they've made, I'm, a, I'm, I've, I've enjoyed. You know, so I'll probably enjoy it. Nah, I take that back. They did make that. Uh, what was that? The one with the dude from uh, Star Trek. The one with the giant dog and the woman that could throw her hair around and all that kind of stuff. That was a TV show, and yeah, it was awful. That they, was the Inhumans, they, and it was awful. Yeah, it, I, so it's technically I got like 20 <laughs> minutes into that, and I was so bored with the evil government coming after the mutants, I just turned it off. Yeah. When they release it theatrically, it's technically a movie, so <laughs> it counts. Yeah, and then they made it into a half-a-season TV show that tanked yeah, so bad. Last. It didn't last. It wasn't yeah. good. Uh. I do have one one thing I would like to just to throw out there, not movie related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just finished listening to Andy Weir's new book, Project Hail Mary. Oh yeah, I saw you post about that. Yeah, really good. Um, cool. You know, if you liked The Martian, you'll like this book, and if you like Ray Porter, as, a, as a, you know, reading audiobooks like uh, the Bobaverse. And uh, and um, the fold. He also read the fold. Um, he's just amazing. And the combination of Andy Weir's book and Ray Porter's narration is just incredible. I highly recommend the book. Cool. And they are making a movie of it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that's a given. Well, after <laughs> after the success of The Martian. Well, yeah. no, because his second book, Artemis, didn't do so well. I didn't. I I haven't read it because I've I've heard. That it wasn't that great. Um, and as far as I know, there's no intention to make a movie out of it. But this one, this one is, is it's a return to form for Andy Weir, and it's a lot of fun. All right. Anybody else have anything else they want to add before we close up shop? Um, I can't think of anything else on my end. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, I did want to mention, there's one more movie I did want to mention that I've seen uh, recently. Uh, Boss Level. It is a really good action-driven sci-fi story. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. If you like, if you like the genre of this guy's living the same day over and over, kind of thing. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll like it. It's like, I mean, it's the Groundhog Day trope. Uh, but but he's in a video him, game or something. It, yeah. No, it's just, it's just kind of the movie is kind of made for the video game uh, crowd. So yeah. It, they call it boss level because every time he dies, he has to start all over. He goes back oh, to okay. the beginning of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's uh, another movie coming out that that Ryan Reynolds is doing called Free Guy. They keep pushing it back. It was supposed to come out in like June, and now yeah, yeah. Oh, that was coming out in like last August year, or something. Yeah. He's basically an NPC in an MMO, and he gets self aware. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. That one looks like it's going to be fun. <laughs> well, this is um, this has got Frank. Frank Grillo, which I've seen him in several things. He's, he's yeah. an action movie guy. Uh, Mel Gibson's in it. Naomi Watts is in it. And uh, if you take the Groundhog Day trope and you mix in some of the kind of action and the violence that you would expect from something like Kingsman, mm-hmm. then uh, you're going to find this movie there somewhere. Cool. You know, I've been so, thinking about so watching that. Good. Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, Mel Gibson's in it. I want nothing to do with it. Oh, he's actually gotten better. He's gotten That doesn't better. matter. He was an <laughs> asshole then, and he's... No. No. Oh, is, are you saying he's like Kevin Spacey now? Is is okay? All right. No. 
Kevin Spacey is a whole other world. <laughs> yes, Ke- no, Ke- yeah, you're right. Kevin Spacey is far worse than than Mel Gibson, but uh, I I don't need to give Mel Gibson any of my money. Okay. Oh, I didn't give me any money. I watched it on Hulu. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> free. So, <laughs> um, and then the 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 one that Scott mentioned this one before, but I watched uh, Nobody uh, and loved every single bit of it. It's got Bob mm-hmm. Odenkirk. In it, mm-hmm. of course. I mean, he's the star of Better Call Saul, which is on my top ten list of best shows ever. Mm-hmm. So uh, the plot is that he's this—he's this guy that's living a very mundane, lather, rinse, repeat kind of life, you know. And then there's this break-in at his house, and he freezes, and his son gets hurt. But what we find out is that he's not the pathetic guy he seems, but he actually. He freezes during his fight because he doesn't want his particular set of skills to draw attention to his new life by his old life. You know, it's kind of a, a history of violence with Vigo Mortis and it's kind of got that set up to it. Now. OK, yeah. But uh, And and I did watch the first episode of Mordok and I didn't care for it that much. Mm. But I mean, if you like robot chicken, it's kind of that kind of stuff, mm. you know, because <laughs> mm. okay. like, I, I watched the first episode of uh, Invincible. And did felt no desire to watch any more of it. Mm. Oh, this is a completely this is this is uh if you like jokey jokey Marvel stuff, you know, it's 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 comedy, but it's uh and it, I mean I laughed. It, I, I just didn't I wasn't like, Oh, let me go see episode two, you know. Uh, and, so. and and that's how it was about Invincible. I know people are raving about Invincible and I, I saw no, nothing yeah. in that first episode that made me in any way interested in going on. Okay. Hey, fair enough. I'm just watching old stuff still. Um, I'm currently doing a watch through of Burn Notice again. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to watch some movies lately that I've that I missed. I didn't miss. It's just movies that I never got around to watching. Like last weekend, I watched uh, Dread for the first time. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, yeah. that is so good, but I can never watch it again because it just traumatized yeah, it the hell out well, of me. Ending, especially. It, was a, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they never made a sequel to it, but well, they, they it wanted to. They just didn't get the money. It tanked yeah. in the theater. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't sell well. Movies that they they don't make, you know, billions of dollars at the box office. They turn into cult classics later on and you can never get Carl Urban nailed Dread, and uh, yeah. there, there was a big push online to try to get it get it funded, but it just didn't didn't work. I mean, uh, it surprises people now when I tell them that Princess Bride, when it initially came out, tanked in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Same with Wizard of Oz. It, it, it when they initially released it, it did horrible. But the well, thing is, you with, know, with, back then, just up until the last 20 years, a movie didn't have to make that much to be considered a success. Exactly. Now it has to make a billion dollars or it's, or it's not considered a success. You can't just make your money back anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that's pretty much going to do it for us. I want to thank everybody for being here. Jen, thank you for joining us. As always, thank you for having me. Uh, Rick, thank you for being here as well. My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for putting up with me recording with my phone tonight. <laughs> but uh, I want everybody to remember our Patreon. I'm going to be posting early releases of episodes. And next week, we'll be recording our uh, patrons-only episode for June. And it's going to be another movie con- commentary, but I haven't decided on the movie yet. But it will be something old and campy. I can promise you that. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and, I can't uh, wait to find out what it is. <laughs> check out all of our other stuff. Visit us at infinitepotato.com and you'll find links to all the shows and their all their contact info as well as our Facebook groups, our Twitter pages, and everything else you could hope for. And be sure to join us again next time on that Super Fan Talk podcast when you might hear me say, if you think about it, the largest collection of stolen goods are on display in museums around the world.